All right, so something that we have going on in uh, two weeks, I believe, two weeks, is our pumpkin patch here, our second annual pumpkin patch, yeah. Um, in the garden on October 22nd, and last year it was a huge hit, and uh, we had so many people from the community, uh, so many people just walking across the street, with, you know, whatever it was, people came, and so um, we want to be able to do that again this year, but many hands make for light work, so guess what I have here? A sign-up! for your hands to come sign up and sign up at the pumpkin patch. Now let's say you can't work that day or you can't stay for the amount of hours it is. There's different areas where you can help. There's setup, there's treats prepared, either store-bought or, or handmade, whatever. Um, there's supplies, there's cleanup. So there's so many ways that you can participate. So we would love to say as a church, New Song Church who wanna follow Jesus, love people and do good, that we do this together. Okay, and so participate in that way. Invite people. We have, you should have gotten a pumpkin patch flyer as you came in. Grab a few extras. Do you have neighbors with kids? Invite them. We want to be a place where we really celebrate our community and we are able to do that in the beautiful garden that yesterday was worked on and worked on and worked on, which was awesome. They planted new seeds. Uh, they did a bunch of stuff that I don't even understand half of it, but it was, it was amazing. And so um, we are getting ready to host this event. So please sign up for that. Another thing that I have to tell you about, and we have a few pictures here to share, is we've been asking for creamer. Yes? For me? No. I don't actually even like creamer. Let's, mine is half and half. You want to get to my heart? Bring me half and half. Um, but we've been asking for creamers, we've been asking for chips, we've been asking for things to be able to host our Thursday Connect, our Coffee Connect, with San Dimas High School right across the street. And we wanted to show you that. And it was like, I don't even know what to call it. I, I took a video, but um, it's like a swarm of students. It is unbelievable the amount of students came. I think we capped 200 last Thursday. I think we capped 200, yeah. So just a really big thank you. We, we tried to picture all the creamers that were donated there, the chips, um, you know, just all sorts of stuff. And we have uh, volunteers that come. And so um, we are just so thankful. There's Grant uncapping a coffee and Linda. And uh, what's that? Best shepherd ever. Best shepherd ever, that's right, look at him. A shepherd and an opener of cold brew. He does good at that. So there, and actually there's one missing. I think we do four canisters and then a big jug of Gatorade. So we just want to show you, hey, listen, here are your donations. Here are your, here's your coffee that you, your creamer that you donated, the chips. Uh, we actually found a bargain of a deal with cake pops. So we gave them cake pops. Um, it's just incredible what an amazing day Thursday is, and we all look forward to it, and we just want to say, hey, thanks for participating in the way you can. So um, let's say thank you to everyone involved, yes, including, including all the donations. Uh, lastly, before I get yanked off the stage with that hook, um, I do want to tell you that this next Saturday, Saturday the 15th, our elders of our church uh, are going, and I believe they're all here. Did I see Fuzz? F would you guys stand for a second? 
Fuzz, Scott, Chris, and Grant by default, yes, as, as our lead pastor is an elder. And these guys, go ahead, sit down. Uh, these guys are getting together for a half-day retreat on Saturday, and they are just going to be praying for our church, um, talking about different vision and what our mission is, and um, they, they are going to get together to dedicate very specific time to asking God, God, what is your will? Take us that way. God, what is the mission? Lead us to it. God, and so on and so on. So um, we're going to take time to pray together as a congregation for them right now. But on Saturday, please say uh, just a quick prayer for them as they gather and as they plan and discuss. And um, may it be all to the Lord's will and to his glory. Yes, amen? I'm going to pray for Grant as well as he comes up to give us the message. Lord Jesus, God, thank you so much just for for just so many things, God. To be able to host a pumpkin patch, to be able to uh, donate creamer and uh, serve it up, to be able to uh, sweat in the garden yesterday as the garden team was planting and seeding and just all of these things, God. God, thank you for the pantry ministry that yesterday gave out all the food, Lord. Lord, thank you that we are able to just be such a part of our community, God, an active part, a part that, that God, that takes, that takes notice of what is happening around them, that takes notice of children, that takes notice of San Dimas Retirement Center, that takes notice of Charter Oak Mobile Homes, Lord. God, thank you that you have just placed us so, so center to major things in our community. God, as the elders get together to pray, to pray and to um, discuss, and God, would you, uh, would you make their minds clear? Would you make them um, just be, be ready to hear from you, God? God, we know that, uh, that, gosh, church involves so many things sometimes, ups and downs and all arounds, God. God, thank you for where New Song is right now, Lord. Lord, thank you for each and every person here, God. Thank you for just each and every person who maybe is not willing, able to come on a Sunday morning, but, God, they, are, they continue to support in different ways, God. God, just thank you. Thank you for this place. Thank you to be able to do this in your name. God, would you use it for your honor and your glory, everything we do. Lord, I pray for uh, Pastor Grant this morning as he comes up and he leads us. And he talks about why we divide, Lord. Lord, would we be ready and also able to hear God? God, thank you so much uh, for Grant, for his family, for the gift that they are to this church, God. God, would you speak through him this morning? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Grant. Mel, thank you. Sister, so um, it's actually why we divide. Sorry, collide. See, I'm doing it now. I don't know what we're doing. They all rhyme. It's kind of it's a mistake. It's too easy to mix them up. 
Um, I just want to say a quick thing about the Thursday thing. Um, and it just kind of applies to our entire movement, what we're doing as a church. And um, so we perceive ourselves as a missional organization, a missional movement. And that's an, a, maybe a different model from some of the ways we've seen church, which is a place people come to a church building, they hear the gospel, and then they have a choice to say yay or nay, right? And if they say yay, then they can kind of be participants more in what we're doing. And if they say nay, then it's like, there's not really a whole lot of else, other things to be involved in because that's kind of the, that's the deal, right? So we kind of see ourselves like missionaries. So we are, we are planted in this community. We're not going anywhere. It is no mistake that God planted this church right where he did. Like when I first came here, I could not believe the diversity of people, groups, and institutions and organizations that immediately, not just like down the road, but surrounding on all sides this particular building. And to me, that is a huge, big exclamation point that says, this is a mission field right here. <clears throat> so what we're doing, and for example, on Thursdays, we don't hand the kids tracks. We don't tell the kids, we don't explicitly start telling them, uh, you know, first time I meet a kid, I'm like, you know, whatever, right? We are building trust. We are letting them see who we are, that in this world that is so shallow, you know, there's all kinds of organizations that just want their money, want their likes. We see them, we care about them, and we do that consistently over time. We trust that God uses that, whether it's at Charter Mobile Home Estates, whether it's with the kids in the schools, McKinley, whether it's San Dimas Retirement Center, that has power. And that's what Jesus did. He was with the people in a small location over a long period of time. And people were drawn into that. And God is sovereign over all of that. We have no difficulty explaining our faith. Ask anyone who asks you for reason for the hope that was in, within you and do it with gentleness. We're ready, right? So what, I would, what we need primarily to do is pray for these things. Because I feel like there's a deficit there personally in our church that we can get really, really busy and it feels good to be doing 200 students with their creamer and all this stuff, right? But I, I'm just asking, please pray because God knows what we're supposed to do and he will tell us specifically, I believe at times, you know, uh, what is the next step. And we don't want to do that in our own wisdom because, if you, I mean, if those who know me know I'm not often always wise and... But I've got ideas, right? But we want what God wants. So pray, number one, that you know, we continue to just become part of the weft and weave of this community, that we just become part of the furniture. Like answer that question, if you disappear, your church disappeared tomorrow, would anyone notice? Would anyone care? We want the answer to that to be, it would be quite devastating to our community if this place and these people were no longer involved in this community. Amen? So just had to say that, because um, you know, sometimes like, I have all this stuff in my head, and some people know about it, but like, we need to kind of, this is what we're about. So that's the elders thing on Saturday, talking a lot about what it is that we're up to. Are we fulfilling this sense of calling to be a missional group in this community, right? But today we're talking about why we collide. <sighs> fun, another fun sermon about, so collision, why do we collide? So I, I sat, spent some time this past week or so, past couple of weeks, thinking about my own collisions throughout life. And I'm talking about colliding with other people, primarily. And I thought about my, I thought, well, I'll take my life in kind of sections, okay? What were my major points of collision as I was growing up? 
In my teen years, I collided with my parents, um, and especially with my father. Who do you think that is? Can you see? Right? I was transitioning from my mullet at this point. And words came out of my mouth at times that I shudder to recall to my parents. I was that guy. In my 20s, I collided with people who took offense at my clothes, my hair, my general cynical outlook on life. Pretty much in my 20s, I collided with all of the rest of the world through a microphone at high volumes. Um, and then in my, when I was 29 or so, I, I returned to, the, kind of my, to my, the Christian faith of my early teens and so, of course, it was wonderful then. So actually, no, I collided with anyone who didn't understand the Christian faith the way I did. That was my next phase of collision. So back to faith, and I knew what it was all about. And if you didn't agree with me, you're wrong. I'm right. So that was my 30s. I'm, I'm generalizing. It wasn't all, like, every single day. But here's some general stuff. In my 40s, I collided with my teenage children a lot. We decided that this sums up our family, or did at that time. Right? <laughs> Such a great picture. That's our Christmas card from whatever year that was. It wasn't, it should have been. Oh, and I forgot one stage of my life. In my infancy, toddling, I collided with the floor and various pieces of furniture. But in my defense, I was learning a new skill with a steep learning curve. So I literally collided in my first you know, time with physical objects. So now in my 50s, can you believe I'm 50? I shaved the beard off. I just took years off of me. But in my 50s, I mostly collide, um, as I've mentioned many times before, and I collide, at least in my head, I collide with many of the other drivers on Southern California roads who, to be honest, need to have their licenses taken away or, or at best, uh, locked up for their crimes um, of driving. But, but of course, I collide with people for many other reasons. I'm a, I'm a multifaceted collision person with people. Uh, if my wife or kids don't acknowledge that I'm always right, I collide. Uh, if, for example, a new neighbor felled a tree in his backyard and it smashed our fence a little bit so our cat escaped, hypothetically speaking, if that were to happen, perhaps, I would, might maybe collide. You know, just someone's cuts ahead of me in line at a store. Um, someone states a political view which, with, with which I disagree. Um, and I often collide with myself. Like much of my colliding is just internal, uh, where once again I fail to live up to the person that I aspire to be or want to be, and I'm just like angry at myself. Thankfully, I am old and mature enough to mostly keep these collisions inside of my head uh, rather than letting them spill out into the world. But sometimes a little bit of collision makes its way out maybe just in my facial expression, sometimes with words, harsh words, relationships that get rocky, trouble and strife. So I have a question for you, and I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand, although I should. You know, it's important, you know, where's the, where's the edge between calling us all, and ourselves included, because Melody said that we, right? This is we, uh, to honesty and truth, right? But we don't ever intend to hurt anyone. You know, have you ever heard the expression? It was first said about journalism, but people say it about preaching that the job is to comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. I've always liked that. Comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. Because sometimes I need disturbed out of my comfort. Um, so I'm going to ask you the question when was the last time you collided with someone else? 
I don't mean, I don't mean physically. This morning, Tara, look, see? You know, it's good. Honesty can just be good this morning, yeah. I think last night was my last time, actually. I'm not going to go into it, but um, a spouse, a neighbor, a child, a telemarketer, a Facebook post, a fellow driver, a politician whom you've never, ever met, uh, a fellow Black Friday bargain hunter. That's coming up soon. Ooh, that's fun. Maybe someone's sitting in this room this morning. Maybe that's the person who you last collided with. Maybe the person sitting right next to you. Or maybe yourself. So there's small scale, right? Every day these just little micro things that happen that are just this bang, 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 bang. If you could chart it like on a Richter scale, you know, your life just be this little like all the time, right? And then there's the big scale, right? In this world of hurt, large scale unrest, all through an anger, through this country in the past few years, for whatever reason, the wars that are happening in Iran right now, the uprisings that are happening all over the place, which you don't hear a lot about. I follow some Instagram places, people that are like filming things on the streets, and it's crazy because the morality police uh, brutally kind of brutalized this young woman for not wearing her head veil correctly, and, and people are angry, but they're scared also. You know, we all know about the war in Ukraine now, and right now, but I did a little research, and it might surprise you to know that there are at least 63 current wars or conflicts going on in this world right now. At least 63. Some of them began as early as the late 40s, and they're still going. And there's one that began about 1918, and it's still a conflict in this world. And the church, may surprise you to learn, is not immune from collisions. Are you surprised? It's peaceful like he leads me by still waters and quiet meadows of what did you say butterflies and rainbows. huh rainbows. butterflies and rainbows unicorns. what's that unicorns. and unicorns that's the national animal of Scotland by the way unicorn <laughs> we're cool um, but you know pastors are quitting apparently in droves because of all the conflict and navigating all the stuff of the past few years of politics and all that stuff. Pastors are just, you know, they're, they're, they're quitting. People are quitting church because of collisions and conflict. And I have seen some dreadful in-church collisions by the saints. So apparently we're not immune either from this fact. So the truth is, wherever people are, like right here, right now, scary, they will inevitably and regularly collide. Wherever people are, even if just one person is there, they will be colliding with themselves. Do I have time to tell a joke? I do. This counter just kills me sometimes. But you ever hear the story, there's a guy, he's on a desert island, he'd been there for years, someone comes to rescue him, and he's like, hey, before I get on the boat and leave, can I show you around? I've done a lot of work on this island since I've been here for 10 years. And he's like, oh, brilliant. He says, well, here's, over here's my house, this is where I cook my food. And he's like, oh, and this is the church where I worship. And, uh, and the guy's like, but what's that other building over there? And he says, Oh, that's the church I used to go to. <laughs> so just one person will find trouble. There's a bumper sticker which I really love. It says, forget about world peace. Visualize using your turn signal. Yeah? You guys ever read Moby Dick by Herman Melville? One of my favorite quotes from that book is this. He says, and heaven have mercy on us all, Presbyterians and pagans alike, because that's all there was in that day. For we are all somehow dreadfully cracked about the head and sadly need mending. So why do we collide? I think I've proven that we do. 
hopefully beyond any reasonable doubt, why do we collide? This is your chance to shout out. Why do we collide, people? Our differences. Our differences. We're stubborn. We're stubborn. Ego. Jealousy. What was that? Those guys are dumb. I agree. You may be thinking about different guys than I'm thinking of, but I agree they're dumb. So I actually, in staff meeting this week, uh, we, every week we have a conversation about the message with all the staff, and I ask questions to them, and then I put it on Facebook. If you guys are on Facebook, you should go to All In. It's called New Song All In, and it's all kinds of eclectic stuff appears there, but I ask the question, why do we do this? So people answered. Some of you guys are up there. Um, so I've got a big list. Fear, lack of understanding or misunderstanding another person, devaluing people over things, insecurity, pride, selfishness, arrogance, lack of communication, miscommunication, greed, conflicting goals, poverty, thirst for power, need to be right. Mental health disorders can cause conflict, uh, jealousy. And they're all good and they're true. Uh, and I don't know where we can go from that, right? We're just like, let's just try and fix everybody. Um, I, is there perhaps a deeper reason for the conflict that we see all around us and the collisions that human beings seem incapable of avoiding or stopping? Some aspect of our basic humanity that is the common denominator in all of this. So bear with me when I say this, but I agree with certain atheists when they make this comment, which they often do, and you've probably heard it before, religion is responsible for the majority, if not all, of the conflict in the world. Religion. Just bear with me, Okay. So some of you are just like, but I've been like, ah, I don't like that. But so surely not. You say we collide about so many more things than religion. And, and there's a, a lady, her name is Rachel, Rachel Woodlock, and she wrote in the Guardian newspaper this, this along these lines that it's not surely not just religion. She said, then again, humans also fight over small bits of compressed carbon. It took me a minute to think what that was, so I put for the sake of people like me, diamonds, tracks of dirt, land. We fight over those. Addictive, mind-altering substances, drugs, and soccer matches. This is a British newspaper. It's not just religious ideology that causes problems. And actually, that kind of like fits. The reason we kind of get triggered by the, by the statement that religion is responsible for most, if not all, of the conflict in the world is because in our particular section of Christianity, which would be broadly called evangelical Christianity, uh, we don't like to admit to being religious, and it's actually drummed into us. We have this statement saying, I'm not religious, I have a relationship. It's not religion, it's a relationship. Um, but I, I do still subscribe to the, to the fact that religion is possible, and I think it's because we need a broader, thicker, deeper definition of what religion means. Okay? So this woman, Rachel Woodlock, are you following me so far? Yeah. Okay said this also, that religion can be so markedly different, okay, she's saying religion is something that can be so markedly different in the hands of the power-hungry, okay, one effect of those who are power-hungry, as opposed to the altruistic and virtuous, so those people we say are good, it really says more about human psychology than it does about religion. You hear that? Human psychology. So it kind of seems like religion is something that's like a tool, okay, it can be used for good, for evil, and we've seen that all through time. But I'm thinking about something deeper than that when I say that religion is responsible for most of the collisions and conflict in the world. And it's this, religion as simply the human condition. The human condition. And I think psychology is important. It teaches us a lot of things about how human beings work. But there's a thing called theology, which is about first things, okay? First things, the, the fundamentals of what it means to be a human being. Who is, what is God like? What are people like? How does that all fit together? 
And I think sometimes we speak about being religious as if we can opt out. I'm irreligious. I am not at all religious. Religion has nothing to do with my life. But I think the fact that we are made in God's image, he made us, we bear his image, we reflect so much about who God is, we have this insatiable longing, we've talked about that a lot, a longing for something bigger than ourselves. We are worshipers through and through. We are incurably religious. We have this longing, this, we are made, just sometimes we think of ourselves as human beings in this very, like, pragmatic, what you do way. But to go deeper than that and think, like, I exist here because God has created me so I have his fingerprints all over me. I can't step out of the religious world because it's, it's what is real. Creation is real and God is present in these things. So we turn to scripture. This is why we preach. This is why we don't just say nice things that make us feel good. We turn to scripture and we say, what does the word say about this? What does God's word, his living word say to people about this? So Jesus, let's go to Jesus, shall we? Amen? Because the wonderful thing about Jesus is he was 100% fully human. So he has that perspective. He's also 100% fully God, so he can speak to us from that perspective. What did Jesus say? And you know this passage so well. When he was asked about the central question of human life, what does it mean to be human? What is the most important thing about human identity and purpose? And it's this, he said, the most important one Answer Jesus is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So we can, we can on the surface say, well, there's all these reasons why we collide, but if we can go deeper in, I think we can say that Conflict, collision is caused by a failure to love as we should. It is a failure to love as we should. Again, Jesus said this about God, loving God. Heart, love the Lord God with all your heart. That's your affections and your loyalty. Soul, that is our very being, our identity. Mind, that is our thoughts. And strength, what is that? It doesn't leave out actions with your body. That is movement. That is vibrant action. Conflict is caused by a failure to love as we should. Heart love, soul love, mind love, strength love. And this is the way it has always been for human beings. Jesus is quoting from the Old Testament. The whole sweep of every trouble has come from a failure for, for human beings to love as they should. From the very beginning, do you know what the very first, potentially the first collision recorded in the Bible was between two brothers? You know this story? Uh, Genesis says that, that Eve gave birth to two sons, and one was called Cain and one was called Abel. And picking up the story in Genesis chapter 4, it said that the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out into the field. Come on, brother, let's go out to the field. It'll be fun. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. 
So from the very beginning, human beings made to, to have this relationship with God. Uh, <clears throat> and for some reason, Cain slipped away from it. And what was the result? That he, these, then these, these other secondary things started coming up, jealousy, whatever it was, and it went to the point of a collision that resulted in the death of his brother. Human beings. So here's the thing about us. that We're made for a purpose. We're made to worship God. We're made to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, strength, and our neighbors, ourselves. But we, we know we, we can't do that. Even saying that stuff, you're like, well, this is really encouraging. How could I possibly do that? And that's the problem. We have a deficiency. We're unable in our, in our state to do that. That was the first beginning thing when, when it says that Suddenly, the, as Melody mentioned last week, the man and woman realized they were naked and they were ashamed. That was the response by a failure to do what was supposed, they were supposed to do. And this is something about our hearts. As I, I, if you read the bulletin this week, uh, it says the, the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. And, and John Calvin, who was this guy who, I don't agree with everything John Calvin said, by the way, because he said some dumb things and he did some dumb things because he's a dumb human, right? But he says some really true things, and one is this. The human heart is a perpetual idol factory. The human heart is a perpetual idol factory. I'm not saying there's a procession of stone statues and wooden things coming out of our hearts. I'm saying that we have our, our loves of our heart and our mind and our strength and our soul that are attracted so easily to other things. And James, one of the leaders in the early church, points right to it. Talk about scripture telling us the truth, whether we like it or not. He said in his, his chapter four of James, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? So we can go through this entire list again, I think, and say, that is true. What is the result of these desires that battle within us because our hearts are perpetual idol factories and we don't love God as we should or love our neighbor as, as we even want to? So fear, lack of understanding or misunderstanding another person, devaluing people over things. Is that right? Valuing, let's just mix, mess it up. Valuing things over people. That's simpler, Grant. Insecurity, pride, selfishness, arrogance, lack of communication, miscommunication, greed, conflicting goals, poverty, thirst for power, need to be right, mental health disorders, even, even those somehow are com complicated by all of this. Jealousy. You following me? If, if you don't, go and listen to this again <laughs> afterwards. You know, this is just a hard thing to talk about because I am a human being. And I don't want to know about myself sometimes. I want it to be all good about me. Good news about me, bad news about you. <laughs> That's the good news. But it's not true. So what should we do? Well, I'm going to share another scripture with us, also by James, because I love about James. He gives us some bad news, but he also gives us some solutions, okay? He's a very practical man, that James. I can't wait to meet him. Um, I'm going to ask the band to come up as we do this because we're going to respond with a song of, of um, affirmation of this and, and, and dedication and, uh, to, to what I'm calling us into. So what James said in the very beginning of his, his letter was this, consider it pure joy, you guys know this, many of you, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let 
perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So he says, trials of many kinds. James, I, James is also a human being. I'm glad the Bible was written by human beings. I wonder what James's list was. If he said, hey, James, get honest. Liar, liar, pants on fire, James, if you're not telling the truth right now. Seriously, say, James, what are the trials you're facing? I'd say the majority of them are to do with other people, right? Whether his brothers and sisters in the faith or people who were unhappy of this religion rising up. And so he's saying, don't, so the first thing is, don't be surprised when you find yourself in the collision, right? Don't be surprised. Whenever you face trials, not if or should you happen to, but whenever, whenever, wherever, whomever, however, it's going to happen. And not surprisingly, because he says, brothers and sisters, anyone here a single child? Any single children? Who did you fight with? But right, siblings, right? Woo! Brothers and sisters, it's going to happen. So what's the outcome of don't be surprised? I think the first thing is don't hide in shame because you're being human. <laughs> you are, I love that the Bible doesn't call us to something more than, it calls us to eventual glory, but right now it's very honest to say, hey, you're a person, this is going to happen, so don't be ashamed of it. But think about what you would do next. So shame, no. Honesty, yes. I blew it. Uh, justification and minimization, no. That's one thing we could do. We've got nowhere to put our sin because we don't know where to find forgiveness. We have to justify. We have to minimize or we can't live with ourselves. And we become numb to that. And then we think, well, it's just the way I am. And everyone around you is wondering why you're such a lovely person. So justification and minimization, No. Awareness and responsibility, yes. Second thing is recognize the purpose and power of collisions with other people. It is not purposeless. If conflict is a normal part of life, a life that God has given us, then he will use every part of it for his purposes. You know, when I was a toddler, like I mentioned, bashing up against furniture was an inevitable part of learning to walk. So, now I'm an adult, colliding with other people at times, and myself is a necessary and unavoidable part of learning to walk, right, walk, with Jesus and my brothers and sisters. It says pure joy, consider it pure joy, and I'd say not in the moment, it stinks when you're in a collision, but over the long term, with a long view in mind, pure joy, because without conflict, we don't learn anything. There is healthy conflict. We don't grow, we don't change. It's called passive aggression. It's called hiding. It says the testing of your faith. So that's amazing. This is like this trial, the stuff that's bad is actually purposeful. It's a testing of your faith, which means refining, purifying, strengthening, pruning. You know, it says that God is, a, is like a vine dresser and he prunes the tree to produce more fruitfulness. And it's not fun at the time. 
uh, my first pastor ever, I've remembered so many things he said, but one of them is he's like, when I'm complaining about, ah, colleague at work, da, 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 da. I used to go to lunch at the church when I was working elsewhere, every lunchtime and whine to my pastor about all this stuff that's going on. And one time he's like, Grant, you know, think about it this way. God puts grace builders in your life that cause you to grow in grace as you depend on him. So, and then he asked me, I was like, oh yeah, that person's a grace builder. You know, building my grace. And then Billy and saying, whose grace builder are you, Grant? Right? And I was like, dope. So he says it produces perseverance, maturity, completion. And then I love the fact that he says, um, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Like he assumes that this is actually the knowledge of the people. I love that. He's like, you know this, right? That this stuff's not purposeless. It's part of this thing you're doing. It's not meaningless. And nothing that happens to you cannot be taken by God and shaped and used. So, you know, third thing I want to say is you're not alone. God is here. God is present in all things. And not only that, we are here for encouragement, but also, here's the other thing, we're brothers and sisters. Sometimes we're less than agreeable with each other. And at times, we will collide with one another. So, what a wonderful place to practice this. Right, right here in this place where grace is abundant, we can practice these things. The fourth thing he says is seek wisdom. Don't try to build a conflict-free life by your own strength. Ask God, seek wisdom. Because the final thing is this, we can choose to collide with God or with everything else. We can choose to collide with God or with everything else. When he says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. What is our central conviction? It is that God is present, that shame and guilt has been taken away, that the door has been opened to life. We can freely and joyfully step into that relationship with God, and he can take anything that we can throw at him. Anything. The Psalms, we just studied the Psalms for the summer. What was one of the most important things I think we learned from the Psalms is that we, need, we can wrestle with God. We can actually collide with God. He will not be moved by that. His love will not change for us. Some of the Psalms that we read have got the most strongly worded, angry expressions. To whom? To God. And I think if we take all of our hurts to him first... Well, if we don't do that, we'll find ourselves like this tossed by the wind and the waves and we'll find ourselves colliding with everything and everyone. But if we'll make our central focus in life to have some collision with God, that's proximity, that's doing real business with him, not faking it, not pretending, not hiding, but come and say, God, this is me today and I blew it. And then receive that sense of forgiveness and love, acceptance, and change in power. God is good, and we are loved. And the door is open for us to, just moment by moment. You know, like I said, colliding with myself is, is the very worst thing. It took me a while to realize that I have such a high expectation of myself, probably sometimes higher than God has, because he knows me, he knows that I am frail that I'm human, and I've been trying to deal with that, you know, because sometimes it compounds things, you know, I get angry with someone else, and then I get angry 
that I got angry with somebody else. And then I get angry at them for making me angry, but now I'm angry with myself for getting angry with them. It's a confusing situation, right? I want to break the cycle and say, God, I am yours, and I am I'm far from perfect. But I know you love me, and you accept me just the way I am, but you love me too much to leave me the way I am, and I want to do business with you. I want, I want to focus, I want to seek you with my heart, with all these other people. And sometimes we'll have some issues once in a while, but we will, we will come, we will forgive. Yeah, let's, uh, so let's respond. I love this song, it's called Build My Life. It's really what's happened. This is a construction process that we're involved in right now. The body of Christ, each part doing its work. Let's sing together and worship our Lord. So we responded in song. Yeah. We're also going to respond uh, with communion today. So if you do not have one of these and you would like to participate, so communion at New Song Church, lots of churches have different rules and things about who can serve communion, who can take communion. Uh, we believe that it is a very significant and meaningful, uh, uh, basically, act of the heart to say this is what I want to do. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. It doesn't mean that your life is perfect. It means that you want to follow Jesus, even though you don't know all that that might look like. For some people, taking this in this room on a Sunday morning, maybe the first time they say, yes, I want to follow you. I want to know you, God. And I will take this as the evidence of that being the case. So we have the little bread and we have the little bit of juice. Does anyone not have one who would like to participate? Raise your hand if you need Wow, we're really getting efficient. Look at this. Either that or you guys are getting really efficient. I don't know which it is. Um, but we're doing this, you know, and this, once again, we talk about this, this communion. It fits with any message we can ever give. It's like a central act because it's physical. It's a piece of bread. And it's a bit of juice. And we do it in recognition of all that Christ has done, this com- kind of completed and then yet to be fully fulfilled act of love and grace and mercy and forgiveness and life. And we do it together as the body, recognizing that that's the case. Another point about this, though, is um, to examine ourselves. If there's currently a collision or a conflict that is unresolved right now in your life, and it may be with someone in this room, I would, first of all, go to God right now. We talked about the things we have. Don't be surprised that you find yourself in the collision, so don't hide in shame, okay? Recognize that there's a purpose and a power from these things, that you're not alone, seek wisdom, and then firstly go to God, and I'd say, Lord, I have fallen short in this. Repentance is simply agreeing that God is right and you are not, and say, forgive me. And then after you have done this, I'd say, go to the person and seek reconciliation today. Because that's what Jesus was all about with his friends, you know. And even after the crucifixion and the resurrection, Peter, who, who denied him, he made a point of going to Peter and saying, giving an opportunity to say, do you love me, Peter? He said, I love you, Lord. He said, well, go feed my sheep. And there's always more, right? There'll be more collisions. Peter had plenty of those, but he had his Lord's love. So we take the bread and we recognize that Christ willingly, for he so loved the world, gave his life for you and I, just as we are, and that we have a future and a hope because of that. We take the bread. Then we take the cup and we declare that our sins have been cast 
from us, far from us, that we are holy and pure in God's sight because of Christ's sacrifice. Uh, And each day we wake up, we declare that we are forgiven, we are his children, and we seek his power to live with his strength, with his wisdom. Christ, you have done it. Amen. Take the cup. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you know us, that you see us right now. You see and beyond what it even means to say you see, all things are present to you and all of us are fully present to you. And because of Christ, there is no judgment, no condemnation. We are free to live. But Lord, we also expand our vision out to this world and we see so much pain, so much sorrow, so much injustice, cruelty, need. Yeah, Lord, start with us in our own community, our own neighborhoods. Give us eyes to see people around us who just need simply to know that they are seen and loved. But Lord, we pray for your people all around the world that they may be peacemakers, that they may be people of hospitality and compassion, that they may walk in your truth. Lord, have mercy. We thank you, Lord, for this chance to share this together. And we just say, yes, Lord Jesus, have your way with us. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.